0: The All Indiana Podcast Network. Discover and support small
1: business making a difference in our communities. This This is In Small Biz on the All Indiana Podcast Network. And now, here he is, your host, the one, the only Wish TV's Joe Malillo. Recorded in Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm Joe Malillo from Wish TV, and this is In Small Biz from the All Indiana Podcast Network. This episode, we talked to two business owners, Tom Rector from Screen Broidery and Andy Hendricks from A1 Window Cleaning. Two businesses on the opposite side of the spectrum, but it's funny, when you get everybody talking, you find a common theme running throughout. Enjoy the interview.
0: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality
1: professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the In Small Biz Podcast, and I'm your host, Joe Malillo. As you heard, the one and only. And with me, I have two very unique and special business owners who are sitting and standing by. My first guest today is the owner of A1 Window Cleaning Service, Andy Hendricks. A1 Window Cleaning Service is a full-service window cleaning company specializing in residential, commercial, and retail storefront window cleanings right here in central Indiana. A1 Window Cleaning Service was born in 2009 after Andy Andy took over the business from his father-in-law and has been growing ever since as a member of the Master Window Cleaners of America. And the Window Cleaning Resource Association, A1, benefits from the latest trends and training from other professionals in the business. Andy is is also a huge, uh, avid golfer, camper... And father of two He travels all over With that camper And those kids I'm assuming Andy That's tough work there It's true Thanks for joining me today dude Thanks Thanks for having me And my next guest Is the founder Partner and CEO Of Screen Broidery Tom Rector Screen Broidery Is a creative Merchandise agency Specializing in Screen print Embroidery Promotional products Branded apparel apparel, Custom promotional products E-commerce solutions Fulfillment Creative packaging Campaign development Basically If you want Your business's logo on something, he can do it. got it, it, right? And the company also focuses on local efforts to give back. Tom founded the Screen Broidery in his living room in 2008. It has since grown to a multi-million dollar enterprise with multiple locations and Fortune 500 customers from coast to coast. In 2012, the company was named the Counselor Magazine's fastest growing company and in 2018 one of the industry's best places to work. Tom also lives downtown, loves to exercise, goes on long walks along the canal (laughs) with his wife, Nicole, and always tries to learn something new. And his latest venture has been playing the guitar. He did not bring it with us. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Thanks for joining me, Tom. Hey, thanks, Joe. Oh, guys, thanks for being here. And uh, more importantly, you guys had a chance to talk a little bit before the podcast. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting to see because I would say you're probably two different sides of the spectrum in terms of the the growth of your business. Um, What are the first steps that you took that says... I'm going to start a business, give some advice to new business owners or people thinking about becoming business owners or entrepreneurs, what are the things to do here in Indiana that before the start line you wouldn't know now that you're sitting in those seats?
2: Well, um, I, my story is a little strange because I... I, uh, I I started my business in 2008 during the recession uh, but I had went back to grad school to get my master's degree and then just started this up as a side thing while I was back in school and um, it I had a pretty good network so it was and I really didn't know what I was doing right so came into it and uh, and and bootstrapped everything so I started with a credit card as my my funding mechanism and was just a it was just a hustler. Like, just went out and didn't take no for an answer and went after it. Um, and then slowly learned what I was supposed to do and how this really works. Who was your first deal? Um, my first deal was with my previous employer, um, with the Board of Realtors. Nuts. Right. So, I used to work for, for the Board of Realtors as, a, as in the Government Affairs Department. And you were making products for the Board of Realtors? Yeah. Yeah, so we, I mean, it was just staff apparel. So we did like logoed apparel, and I was a true middleman at that point. Like I didn't ha- I didn't own any any of my own equipment. Um, just just source stuff from from contractors, um, and then. But as as I mean, the first deal was super small, but it, at that time it was like, hey, this is real money, right? I, and didn't have invoices, didn't have quote sheets. I closed a deal and then really didn't know what to do next. Like I had to make a purchase order. Like so, I learned everything from YouTube and from asking a lot of questions. Uh, but what was actually kind of awesome doing it that way is I came into to our industry, which is a very old school industry that didn't ever change ever. Like since 1960, it's always been the exact same. This is just how it's been done, right? And they, everyone just assumed that that's, that's just the way you do it. Well, I came in not knowing how you're supposed to do it and was able to, to look at it from a different lens and start to challenge the process and ask these questions of why why are you doing it this way? It just didn't make sense or it didn't it, it wasn't as efficient as it could be and was able to disrupt the the just the status quo of of what was and what should be to 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 using new technologies and new ways of thinking about it and, and eliminating mi- minimum fees and... Um, yeah, what, what up fees, like things like that. Things that were just is barriers. Don't, don't charge me minimum fees it's, for it's that stuff. It's the dumbest thing I've ever come... Like, <laughs> like why? Like, why? There's, we're in a... We're, at that time, it was 2008. Like, we were still in a position where we can, we can make stuff on demand and we can make things with... With um, limited resources, sure. I mean, especially if it's printing digital, there's no setup involved. No, it's none. Just, it's basically just, sending a, a sending um, uh, a print file to your desk jet computer sure. or desk jet printer, and you don't have you don't, to have a screen that gets burnt or something like that. It just automatically yeah, it prints, just prints. it so, like, so, why are we charging a setup fee for things like that? So, I started to eliminate that stuff, and I was just started closing deals left and right, oh, and like, geez. and and eventually. Um, when I graduated, I got to that point. It's like, all right, what do I want to do? Do I want to keep running with this thing, or do I want to um, go into actually use the master's degree that I spent my time and money? <laughs> and uh, and, and you, have, yeah, eventually, eventually, I'm like, let's give it a shot. Like, this is working. So, changing the old school thinking of the industry
1: and and starting something new—it's kind of a connection between you and Andy in the sense that you had it. You had to take something that was already kind of established, which was the business of window cleaning that you're your father-in-law was was working with you on and then you're changing it and even so we're you might be rechanging it or rebranding yourself what was that experience like when you took that first step to say all right I'm going to become an entrepreneur so yeah um 2008 was about when we started too um
0: well 2009 officially but 2008 is when I first got my hands dirty my first, first time I ever first time I ever nice. touched a squeegee was 2008 um, I too went to school for business um, had a job that I lost um, and didn't know what to do and my father-in-law said hey I can give you some work on the side um, and pay you some cash and I'm like okay well I got I got a my wife was pregnant with my daughter at the time I had a son that was about three years old and we had to pay bills and eat so I was willing to do anything I never thought in a million years I would clean windows what is that you know who does that what I, who, I never even really knew what it was Um, My father-in-law worked at Chrysler, but on the side, cleaned windows for people, like storefront windows and restaurants and stuff, um, to make some money. And he did that all through his life for about 40 years. Um, and, And so in 2009, I decided this is something I'm really decent at i kind <laughs> of enjoy it actually it's mind freeing who would have known who would have yeah. known nice and, um, and, awesome. we, and and i i found that there was a niche and we started in a i started in a two-door oldsmobile alero if you can picture what that car <laughs> looks like maybe maybe not uh. we folded down the seats in the back and i stuck a little ladder back there a bucket of solution and some squeegees and towels and i went and and Kind of like Tom hustled, you know what I mean, and just tried to find what I could find, and and um, since then we've grown into you know a pretty <laughs> pretty good deal where we can we can take care of some pretty. Good size houses and and are kind of looking at at the future now. Yeah, you're looking
1: for the disposable income. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no. What we're looking for, you're looking for people who who just need. I mean, customers like um, uh, commercial. Uh, those guys are really important to you because you you had a great point um, when we talked earlier that. You, you know, there are people out there that just, they're bucket bobs, right? Is that what yeah. we call them, where they're yeah. just walking? But you do it in a different way, which makes you an entrepreneur, where now you're managing timetables, expectation, customer relations.
0: Sure. sure, we pride ourselves on on a lot of things. Um, a, obviously the job we do, the, the the results that you see. But it's also communication, um, customer service, follow-up, respect, respecting the, the customer's property, their time is huge. Um, a lot of our customers are you know they don't necessarily want to talk to us they just want us to come in do the work and leave and um you know we have to deal with all that stuff and window cleaning is a really low overhead entry level type thing for $200 you can go out and get a set of basic window cleaning tools and go out and make a few bucks a day and for a lot of guys that's okay but that's not a that's not a real business. I mean, yeah, you can eat you can eat on it, you might be able to pay your bills and live, but it's not anything that's scalable or anything that you can actually sustain yeah. you know. Scalability yeah, That's the
2: key right there. It's yeah. Like how, I mean, how do you scale it? And if you can, now you have something you're
0: working on. Right. For. And that's what we've you know, we've discovered, I think, how to and now we're working towards
1: actually you know making that happen. So. What was that what was that hurdle for both of you when we're talking scalability? What's a major hurdle that you don't you didn't even think about that you ran into about scalability? Can we go that direction right now?
2: Yeah, so for for us and our team at first our scalability was our lack of time. Like we just we would just run out of time and that once that time gets maxed out you just can't grow anymore because it was we were just working at capacity um, and a matter of fact for 2020 our focus or my focus as CEO was how do we scale this to, to go from uh, a, a five million dollar company to a 20 million dollar company right and it's um, and it's adding people to processes and refining those processes in such an efficient way where it you can you you just plug you plug a a, a new um, employee or personnel into that into that system and it grows that way. That's interesting. Right? So, yeah.
0: And, and, and what about you, Andy? Well, yeah, I was going to say systems is huge. Um, you know, onboarding, recruiting employees, onboarding them, having a training system in place for us, like. There's people that come in. Most people, we don't hire people that have experience in what we do. We were actually looking for people that don't have experience so they don't have bad habits. And we can train them the way we want them to do Ooh, things. That's interesting. And, no, it's huge. I mean, if a guy says I've been doing this for twelve years, I'm not really interested in that. I mean, maybe I'll listen, but I don't it's not necessarily the selling point they think it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, systems is huge. I mean, I think for me, a lot of what held me back as far as scaling was self limiting beliefs. In my own, you know, thinking that I can't do this I can't run I can't you know there's things that I was just fearful of you know and and I got in my own way and I still probably do more than I more than I want to admit but um, you know that's
1: I think a lot of it, too. So. Self-awareness, too, is great. I yeah. mean, that's huge, because if you can admit that maybe uh, I don't know what I'm doing all that much and going to get help, that can actually help the scalability for, for your sure. business. For so. sure. And, and this is coming from you know a guy that's ran zero businesses. <laughs> uh, um, so th- something that I love to talk about is obviously marketing. It's something that I, I'm very passionate about. I love helping businesses grow. But more importantly, um, you guys. Love helping your businesses grow. When it comes to marketing and more importantly, shameless self-promotion, Tom spoke about it and I'd love to get Andy's perspective too about shameless self-promotion and why it is okay nowadays to be shameless about your business.
2: Yeah, and I, I really feel like it's a story that you're able to tell. And if, you have, if you're proud of what you're doing and you're proud of what you've created, there's no reason why you can't shout it from the mountains like that's I I think that's just a part of of having something that you have some 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 pride behind yeah I mean I think for us it's it's been again slow
0: for me to adopt that mindset Um, but I think that it is beneficial to say hey you're not you still need to be humble obviously humility is is massive for me and I'm not you know, bragging, I'm just saying, honestly, you're doing your customers or potential customers a disservice if they don't know about you. Um, if, if they don't know that you can help them, save time, do something, get results they can't get, you're doing them a disservice. So telling people about you or about your company is not a bad thing. Um, you're actually serving them at a high level if you do that and, and, and adding value to their life.
1: Are your reservations for not doing something like that or for somebody listening who won't necessarily be shameless about it? Is your reservations because you don't want to be that guy on Facebook that's selling the latest and greatest pyramid scheme where you're contacting all your friends and family? Look, look, look what I got. Right. Or is it is it something else?
0: No, it, I mean, I think for me, it's it's I don't want to look like that. You that's know, right. That's that. that <laughs> That guy, that pyramid scheme that's, that's guy, gonna, and there's that, a
2: time and place for that stuff, too. Like, true, true, where, where when, your contact. When, it's a, when it's appropriate, right? right? Yeah, um,
1: you guys that that's all part of your branding. What What made you guys come down on A1, your name specifically? I mean, window cleaning service. Kind of makes sense. I think right. I think that's a dead giveaway. Yeah. But screen broidery, and I love that you yeah. guys are both wearing your uh, <laughs> your, your uh, T-shirts today or your polos today. What made you come
2: down on the names? I do want to hear the, a little bit about what you decided for. Um, well, when I first started, our name was Rector Communications, right? So Sounds a little bit different than what, yeah, what you are. Yeah, and it's much different. And um, we have a, a business model that actually opened up storefronts. So what we what we were faced was not having a name that is on the side of a building that people can quickly recognize what we do. Um, matter of fact, we would get calls every once in a while to Rector Communications asking if we can come fix their telephone systems. It's like, no, that's not that's Shoot. not us. But right,
1: so I mean, technically, but you are communicating people's businesses to others. So I can understand the thought process on that. But like you said. If they have to think about it, yeah, you, it, you already it, lost it's not it.
2: And, and so we were trying to get through that first hurdle of the the recognition of not only who we are but what we do. Um, so when we put when we opened up that storefront, we switched our name to Screen Broidery um, with the. I mean you read the list of just a portion of some of the stuff that we can yeah, do. Yeah, there were still there was yeah. still like <laughs> no, 16 that either, I didn't not put even on the there. Whole thing. <laughs> um and it's and it and it's true we can do a whole lot and we've always struggled with how do we really drive down the 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 message of what our capabilities are because our capabilities really become endless when we really get into it. Um, and so which so that's why kind of we we switched to hey we're a creative uh, marketing agency we can do a lot of stuff even to the consultation and graphic design and and on and on and on uh, but we we for the storefronts we really wanted folks just to know is like all right for the initial thing most of our most of our business is is driven on the screen print and embroidery and apparel side of stuff so we so we kind of mesh those those uh um Portions of, of the words together.
1: Yeah, smart. I've never heard that before in my life until I, until I met you, Tom. Yeah. And and then your little ninja dude, too. You have a great yeah, little... so uh,
2: that's, that's just a, a marketing thing. Yeah, that's right? great. Our, our creative department came up with that. But that's it's cool. a... Like, and, it's like a little and, ninja and, 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 ink blot. Yeah, ink yeah, plot. yeah, and yeah. I, an icon <laughs> that you can associate with your, your name. And then you can use that in lots of different marketing... Plans and campaigns. campaign,
1: Andy too. And here's what I like about you is that A one is listed in that that yellow pages, bro. So top yeah, notch, that's, bro. <laughs> so that's where it came from. Like
0: uh, my father in law had that name, and he actually when when I started had a different business um, called Able Window Cleaning, like willing and Able, A B A B L E, um, not Kane and Able, right? Well, I think it still is kind of what what that derived from. But oh, it is okay. Um, regardless the a1 window cleaning he still had registered downtown uh with the state and we literally went downtown transferred the name this is how old school that is to you know transferred the business to me um and i just kept it and i i mean i never necessarily loved the name and i still don't love it um but it's we've been in business for 12 years or whatever, not 11 years. And we kind of have to keep it and and what we're facing now is a one window cleaning service. Well, we do a lot more than that. We, we do exterior cleaning of, of siding and sidewalks and driveways. And um, we do gutter cleaning too. So we, we're, we're looking at a rebrand now, but we still need to keep that a one in the name just so people know that they're contacting the people they had out two or three years ago. Uh, we don't want to get lost and
1: you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, and, and um, you know, a, I just think it's you see a lot of A ones out there. Yeah. You see a lot of A ones, what whatever it is, A one gutter cleaners, A one right. uh, you know uh, window cleaners. The, the point is, is that it used to be such a a thing to have be. It was a great idea because you're putting yourself right up there, yeah, Right.
2: number one in the phone book. Yeah, right. here here you go. Go. but That's now right. now you're faced with okay, how searchable is that on the internet? Right, and are you in a? Are you now in this? big pool of people with the exact same name that do all these different types of services. Mm
1: -hmm. So, Andy, would you consider a rebrand? Is that something that you you said you don't like the name, but is that, like I said, or like you said, um, you obviously don't want to lose the customers that you do have in that base, but how important is that to you to do a change, to kind of represent who you are so you can get behind your name a little bit Yeah, like
0: there's, I've got two other domains that I own. Um, I'm probably not going to share them right now. But, <laughs> no, you, um, you,
1: you could. They, people might want to yeah. buy them from you. Yeah, bro. Maybe, no. <laughs>
0: maybe so. But um, t- that I've owned for probably four or five years. They're $1,000 each, I, I woke <laughs> up in the middle of the night a couple times thinking this would be an awesome name. And I have my little logo dude uh-huh. in my head of what this would look like and how we could market that. And it would be, I think it would be epic. But... I'm still like 50-50. Should I ditch this name? Or should I just keep the name? I mean, I'm sorry. Should I ditch the name and just blast all my customers and say, hey, A1 Window Cleaning is now XYZ Window yeah. Cleaning. and, and <laughs> dot, um, com. Yeah, <laughs> dot com. Yeah, dot com. And so, I mean, I'm still not completely sure that I won't just pull the trigger and and redo the whole thing. So,
1: well, when you're ready for uh you know new polos. I know. you know. I know. It's, it's I this know. guy right here. Shameless self-promoter right here. <laughs> well, you believe what you do, you know, and oh, you absolutely. believe and it, it's funny how you 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 both came to a point where you're like this is what I want to do. What if someone's unsure out there of their business idea? What if it's just like Am I crazy? Is this gonna be? Is this gonna be something I'm really passionate about for 15 years? What do you say to
2: those people, maybe waiting to take that leap? Well, the f- first portion of that is to really understand is like what's the expense and the time commitment to just to get it up and running before you can really prove that it's gonna. Be successful in going to work. Yeah, cost seen, to market, right? Uh, and and for what we do, uh, um, we have a lot of folks that want to start an apparel company or an online whatever uh, run their run a uh, an apparel line or branded whatever through uh, Instagram or or an e-commerce store. So we get I get actually have an article I'm writing on this. Is like so you want to own an apparel company? Where's that article going to be? Uh, it, oh, we'll post it. We'll post it on our blog, at okay. screenbroidery.com, um, but. I get folks all the time and I'm like look this is extremely difficult for you to to bootstrap with no followers with no idea on how this is how your financial structure is going to work um, I'll I'll print the stuff for you like I I can be a great partner on the on the merchandise side but you're going to have to drive the the business the side of it yeah and it's not as easy as you might think influencers and are everywhere yeah they are and yeah. everyone wants to be the the next kim kardashian and they want uh, to you know and they and just thinking by throwing stuff up on the internet it's going to have this massive following and you're going to sell millions of dollars worth of stuff and it's it, it happens but it's pretty rare and it takes a lot of work so you're saying, don't go into the apparel industry, folks. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or, or, to or talk to us first. Yes. And we, yeah, yeah. And let's put a real plan together. Um, because it, it, some of that stuff gets expensive because you really need to buy um, you, need to, you need to boost posts you need to You need to it's sp- not to mention the, the, the and, inventory that you need to have for apparel in general it, it, you have to have like
1: 10 sizes and every size because you know 5 sizes per gender each size has to have at least 30 so in case you sell you already know that the XXLs aren't probably
2: going to sell as well as the smalls or mediums and larges so yeah, and, you know yeah you have no idea what's going to sell until you're actually start selling it and and that's where we can really help is that we can print a lot of stuff on demand with no inventory but what we're doing is we're testing the market sure. because your your cost to do to do something on demand is much higher than it is if you buy in bulk but you don't know it you don't know what colors are going to sell you don't know what sizes are going to sell you don't know if it's going to sell at all. Yeah, right? straight yeah. up. Maybe or nobody you likes your brand this way, right? So the Joe Malillo it's, brand,
1: yeah, yeah. no way, I'm not selling it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> but with hair like that, come on. <laughs> hey, man, we. <laughs> I think we all have looks. <laughs> I don't know. The, my hair is on the other side, on the on the face, not on the top. But oh my god, I it, man, uh, it looks yeah. good. And, and, and Andy, and, and similar question, in the sense that uh, you know, what would you say to people who don't are so uncertain? You well, know, I'm, I'm. Were you uncertain at one point? Oh, uh, I was. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know if i have
0: an idea what i'm doing i think that that i jumped off the cliff and decided to build a plane on the way down like i have no clue what i'm doing every day i just try to you know my advice to someone if it it would be to get a mentor right away talk to someone in the industry that you're interested in go shadow them go work with them like if there was a guy that wanted to get into the exterior cleaning business I would gladly let them come shadow us for a day or two or a week and say, this is what we deal with. This is the things to look out for. Um, I mean, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, yeah, you can put your own spin on it and do things your way. But there's a lot of people that have made a lot of money doing doing this before
1: you. Why not take a lot of what they did and, and, and make it yours? So you don't really necessarily need a super unique idea, a.k.a. screen embroidery, where there kind of are in a niche, but you have found a niche that if you do it properly, you can be successful. Yeah. And I mean, I
0: think obviously the home service industry is probably a little bit, I mean, obviously different than, yeah, sure, sure, than, sure. than that kind of sales. But yeah, for us, it's we, we put ourselves around like-minded people that have done this same thing in other areas of the country kind of listen to their ideas and bounce our ideas off of them and learn that way. Who are you learning from? Um, I've got a I've got a mentor group that's called Conquer and um, we've got um, a a small group leader that we meet with once a week. And and I've got a guy, four of us in our group, one's from Salt Lake City, one's from San Diego, one's from Montreal, Canada, and then myself. And then we have a, um, a monthly one on one with this same guy. And we learn a whole lot. Yeah.
1: And do you, do you ever learn anything from those baseball games during the camping? you ever run into someone and you're just like, "Hey, cause well, yeah. sometimes that stuff also yeah. when, you, when you just talk about it and you yeah. and you breathe it and you and you're about it, all of a sudden that kind of stuff finds you." And it and it doesn't have to be
0: other, I mean, just talking to Tom like you don't have to know, it doesn't have to be someone in your industry to learn a lot from. Honestly, it sometimes you learn more from people outside of your industry just listening to what, you know, how they do things and their mindset. Um can really really help you too.
1: Anything to add there, Tom?
2: Um, I, if I've, you're like me, I'm sure you know your competition better than they know themselves, and that's that's a big. If you're starting your starting something that's out, true. you really yeah. want you really want to know what does the marketplace look like, yeah. And then where where do you fall into place in order to, to capture any of that market? Pricing is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, um, for us, we're probably
0: higher priced than most of our competitors, and that's by design. But we also try to deliver a ton of value for that. So you can't just go out and say, "I'm going to charge top dollar," and not. I mean, you know, not deliver. You wouldn't go buy a Mercedes and th- and and come home and it reacts like a Ford. You know what I mean? not? The Fords are bad. I drive a Ford, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you yeah, wouldn't buy a luxury car, car. Yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So you you have to kind of know where your place is and what kind of value you're delivering. For that money, I just so. want
1: to make sure that we got that—that that he is the Mercedes of window cleaning oh, in, the, on. In, in Central Indiana. There it is, MercedesWindowCleaning.com. Yeah, you, that's not—that's not the domain, but I might buy that right now. <laughs> I'm already beating you to yeah. it. Hold on, um, and, and, and um, you know. Learning from your competitor. But it's hard when you don't have any competitors,
2: Tom. <laughs> you mean for us? Yeah, I don't oh. think there's very many people well, out there doing I'll what I'll you're doing. You what, there's, there are quite a bit, because there's no barriers to entry to what we do. Um, it, it's just much different levels. Um, and the ability, and, and where we're really trying to to capture more market share is is. The ability to service an order of five hundred thousand pieces rather than five hundred. Right. Lots of people can do a five hundred piece order, but not many can do a five hundred thousand piece order. Um, and right that's here where, in that's Central Indiana, bro. separate. <laughs> awesome. Andy, Andy's shaking his head because yeah. that is a that is and, a and, and then, and SMH then you get to, moment. If you to, to ship stuff all around the world and have um, kidding services where you can package lots of different products together into one unit and ship that out um, and and build an e-commerce store on top of it and then have a graphic design department that can come up with cool creative products and then we're actually manufacturing our own products in some level so there's lots of things that someone just like i first started sure some of the stuff we're doing now i could never imagine doing when we first started it's that but, scalability yeah, bro. You, it's you, that scalability. you learn and you reinvest and you continue to grow and have a plan and, and, and evaluate and study and, and use as much data as possible to get as smart as you can and, and then you execute. No wonder it doesn't have a kids, Andy. Yeah, I know, right?
1: <laughs> Data. <laughs> Dang it.
2: <laughs> what are we
1: doing, no, dude? I got, I got a kid on the way. I got <laughs> a nine-year-old. I <laughs> can't think like that, man. I'm, trying, I'm <laughs> looking up boat storage areas because I got a boat for my kid and I, um, and my family. Um, so, uh, I got two more questions. The, the first is, who has been your biggest influence in your life? A little bit more personal. Hmm. It's a good one. It's me. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: Well, um I I'll, I'll I'll say my like my f- my family are um my my grandpa in particular, he came from absolutely nothing. He was one of 13 children in his family and um re I mean he built a a successful insurance business and raised my dad and my uncle and um, literally from nothing, and to, and, and just we've never really had a, a a formal business type conversation. But you, as growing up, you see, um, like he he would make two car payments a month just to pay off his car, and he would tell me he would he knew exactly how many doors he needed to knock on because back in the day that's how they sold insurance, how many doors he needed to knock on to get a sale, and and but did it for a purpose to support sure. and raise and, and grow a family and became super, super successful at it. I love it. And um, just to just to have a, um, someone in your family that um, you can look up to and, and lean on and learn from, I think is super cool. That's awesome. He was a bag carrier. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He went it's door so, to door, knocking on it's doors. It's so impressive. I, can't, I would never love doing that at all or <laughs> yeah. the last thing I'd want to do but it's just the work ethic and the the need to survive and that will to survive is what's super encouraging to me Andy, what about you man yeah that I, as, as
0: Tom was talking I was really thinking deep about that there's I mean there's a lot of ways I could go with this one I mean um, but I think most recently in my life it's probably two guys um, a good friend of mine that got me into church and a and my current pastor both are guys that have taken me from a situation that I was dealing with about eight eight or 10 years ago um, and kind of put me on the right path. And that has moved me from, you know, the verge of jail slash death slash divorce to, you know, being on your podcast today, you know, talking about something that, you know what I mean? Like, I think that I've moved, I've moved a long way. Um, Towards towards the good side of life, and um, it wasn't looking so good about eight or ten years ago. So, window cleaning man, who would have known? Who would have known? And I, you know, I mean, I was cleaning windows in the beginning of that problem, sure, those sure. those turmoil days, and I was a really bad person. Um, had a lot of hate in my heart and a lot of anger issues, and just you know you weren't a bad person you just weren't doing the right I wasn't. Things. I wasn't living the right way that's, that's right. for sure that's and, right and things have things have definitely um, changed changed for me dramatically and those are the two guys that I can thank for that and I you know there's other obviously big strong influences in my life but those are the two that stand out at least most recently
2: and, and it's, it's funny that you said that because we have uh, uh, at least within our company culture which we were one of the best places to work in yeah in I think I read that Tom And, and in, but in, <laughs> in that time we i mean we had an open office it was basically a warehouse like it, we didn't have foosball tables or or ping pong tables or things that you would think a a great place to work would have but we have we have lots of philosophies and one of my one of my biggest one is that there's a purpose on why you show up for work every day and why you're there to get a paycheck and we love in our company we love what we do and we love working together and we love each other but we also are here because we have something else that we're trying to raise money or earn a living to support. So whether it's your family or whether it's to travel or to really, I really like nice cars, so I work every day as hard as I can because I want to buy a, a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. But it's, <laughs> um, there's a purpose behind why you do what you do, and you really need to know what that purpose no, is. No, I think kind of that piggies back to one of your questions earlier. Sure, sure.
0: When someone is getting started, what is your Why? Why do you do this? And I was challenged with that question a few years ago at a conference I was at. Um, what is your why? And it's not just to pay bills. You know, why Why do you put up with the stuff that you put up with on a daily basis as a business owner? You know, employee issues, customer issues, everything that you can think of. Vehicles break down. Who knows what, right? You put up with a million things. You don't deal with any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but But it all comes down to what Tom said. Like, what do you get up every day for sure. why? And, you know, so I wrote about a three or four sentence, sentence thing out that's, for me personally, why I do this every day and taped it to the back of my desk. So every morning when I get, come downstairs and sit at my desk, I'm like, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm here at 530 in the morning, you know, and everyone else in the house is still asleep. You never ripped
1: it off and were like, ah. I have not yet. Done that. <laughs> uh, the The last question I have, I mean, uh, it, that was great, guys. Thank you for sharing those, those insights. Um, you know, we're, the, we can't ignore the elephant on the world right now, which is the coronavirus. Um, you know, big C, little V. Um, what do you guys think um, the business world looks like? And how, how are you going to approach the next future year, year and a half, two years as a business owner? Home services, interesting industry to be in right now um tom your business i feel like can survive and thrive so where do do you guys see the next couple of years with coronavirus on top of mind yeah i mean i think for us
0: um i think first and foremost it's very important to hold on to cash um to be cash flow positive number one and to just because we don't know what's going to happen right the government's already given handouts to businesses. Are they going to be able to do that again? You can't count on that. Um, so I think that for us, that's the first, the first and foremost thing is to make sure that we don't spend a lot of money this year um, or more money than we have to. I mean, I think for us, March and April were really poor. Obviously, we had the best March ever recorded or I'm sorry, scheduled. We worked for two weeks. I brought my guys back. We're a seasonal business. So I brought my guys back in early March. We worked for two weeks and then I laid them off. COVID hit. Governor shut down the state. Bam, we're done. Um, so March hit the tanks. April was 30% of last year. But May was a record month in revenue for us ever. June was bigger than that. Wow. So I don't know how to predict what's going to happen. But and I, maybe that's just a whole conglomeration of, of things that are working in our favor um, but we're gonna keep going forward and until people tell us we you know they don't want our service we're gonna keep providing it
1: and you're you're a little bit of an advantage in the sense that cleaning is a hot word people need it true we all need it um, and then also you're out outdoors so oh yeah you you know you got two of, you got two wins there yeah a lot of the stuff we do is outside and one of the
0: some of the services we offer are disinfecting, so you know we do have some of those buzzwords, and we we can provide those services for people that that are interested in that kind of thing. So, and where can people go if they want that stuff? Um, A one window cleaning boom is our website, and but um, sign
1: up for the newsletters because there could be change coming. Yeah,
0: for
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then Tom, uh, the same go the same question posed
2: to you. So uh, I've come from a, a little different perspective because I started in 2008 the last recession that we saw. Um, Man, and you are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> and Well, it's actually great learning experience. Like, sure, sure. To, yeah. At that point, it's like, hey, this is just me trying to survive. So the recession is just an excuse, right? So right. We're, we're, we look at it as we're presented with rules and challenges within the workplace and within the marketplace how do we overcome those and we just play by the rules as long as we know what the rules are and we know what the what the forecast is and what the the challenge that we're faced all right that's cool let's we'll figure out a way around it and so we're i mean we're in our 12th year in, in business but we're Still operate as a startup. We we move and change very very quickly, and we've built systems and processes around that. And um, and matter of fact, for the last three years, I've kind of been preparing. Well, I have been preparing, but predicting that. This economy that we're in is super good, and at some point, there's going to be a downturn in it. Whether it's going to be, I didn't know it was going to be the coronavirus that brings flow, it down. Ebb and flow. Yeah, of, at some point, business. we're going to see a change. It's just a historical thing that we just have to prepare for. Mm-hmm. So um, for for the last few years, I've been, I've been bringing... Uh, it's the control that we want so I want to have control over my production time my um, my uh, quality um, my personnel um, all the things that goes into to making a screen printed t-shirt or whatever it is that we're making and um and so we, bringing in control over inventory and all of the parts of the supply chain that we're faced with, um, but also have, have reserve accounts that is going to support us if, if something were to go sideways, um, and then have the ability to build a relationship with those subcontractors that we use to be able to lean on them when we really need them. How big of a problem has been the supply for your for your products? So the supply chain. Um, we we do a lot of, um, I, I mean, some of the the promotional product stuff that we make or that we um, source comes from overseas. So I started to see signs that things were going to change back in November. Mm.
1: Um,
2: things started to slow. There was some 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 delays in production. There were some delays in shipping, um, and. And then we're we're always faced the first of the year with the Chinese New Year, and then the Chinese. So most of the bigger suppliers that we lean on for products that gets produced in mass, um, their shipments have usually come in before the Chinese New Year starts. And um, my worry was, as the Chinese New Year, then they then China ba- basically shuts down and stops production of additional inventory that. United yeah, you're states, gonna run out. Yeah, of the products. stuff that's already on the, in the states is gonna the inventory is gonna get depleted, and now we're gonna be faced with a shortage. So we started buying up as much as we could just to keep our own inventory to have that control. But you saw that coming. Yeah, so we, you, we slowly were predicting that stuff, and we were in a great cash position where we could afford to do things like that. Um, interesting. And, but what what turned up happening is or ended up happening was that. Um, the, that inventory started to get depleted then the United States shut down and our our industry dropped 44 percent, which has, had for the last seven years had not seen a decline in a quarter ends up dropping 44 percent in one quarter um, where our company is up yeah um, because we were able to move quickly. we had the ability to do some things that others didn't. Um, we had some foresight into seeing and Jeez. predicting things that were happening um, and then we were able to, able to pivot so we were doing like where the PPE stuff became huge within our industry so we're making face masks we're Fill in hand sanitizer bottles. We're um, we're doing Didn't even plastic think, right, shields. Right, we right. we do signage. So we're doing um, the the floor signs of where you should stand in an elevator, like things like that. So are you now huge.
1: transitioned fully into that, or I mean, how, what percentage are you at now when it comes to creating that sort of uh, uh, um, it's, product? Uh,
2: Current currently, it's I mean, it's still it's still big business and it's not going away at least at least till the end of this year. Um, but I, it's not. It's, it's it hasn't overcome our entire business model so we're uh, i would say it's probably five to ten percent of that stuff is ppe gotcha um, but uh, there's some positive signs within the economy is that our normal ordering um is coming back into into play as business businesses slowly start to reopen and i've i've been a huge champion of when the economy and, and we, we actually live this example is that when the economy downturns and we're in a recession, that's when you need to get louder with your marketing efforts because that's when you start to stand out from the crowd. And that's where you start to make some noise and let people really know who you are because most – It's not like cl- I say cl- that all the time. Yeah. It's a cleansing of the marketplace. Those that can't survive start to fade away or can't afford to do the things that they need to do. Preaching here. And the ones that can are the ones, so the, 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 the bigger guys are the ones that have prepared themselves for whatever comes our way are the ones that can do the things that the others can't. And- You get louder with your marketing efforts. You get creative with your marketing efforts. You really let people know that you're there and what you can do because the noise in the marketplace starts to go away. And we had a lot of success with um, some of the big accounts that we've been trying to go for of getting meetings and getting things scheduled because their work schedule became completely different. And instead of keep blowing you off or, hey, let's put a meeting on the books, but I can't meet with you until November, right? Now I know they have a whole lot of time they can work with. So let's <laughs> let's let's do a phone call. Let's do a Zoom call. Let's let's have it. So we so from we have we always have a 10, uh, 10 um, company hit list that we're um, sure. trying trying to set up or or set up an account with or. or uh, just, you know, just get our foot in the door. Um, we knocked and- off about six of those during quarantine. Hey. Right? So, what a boy. Good job. I mean, that's that's a huge accomplishment,
1: especially when, when, when your whole year revolves around the, that hit list, I'm assuming. Um, and then you can go after those, those people in general and get in front of them during a uh, you know a pandemic i mean it's crazy good good for you dude that's awesome guys I, I, i'm i'm is there anything else you want to add i mean tom you're on a roll bro keep it going <laughs> right. keep it going man this is great insight i love it is there anything else for oh real? no i would
2: go to I, I, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let people get to the next episode oh <laughs> <laughs> I don't, there's no episode after, after you all. guys this is
1: this is no I'm just kidding there will be other episodes um, I have a few other people coming in but I am so appreciative of you guys thank you very much for sharing joining me uh, your journeys are special and uh, and I think people need to realize that and uh, I hope they got that from this episode um, last things a- anything else you want to add seriously? That you thought, hey, I got to make sure to say that when you were walking in, you're like, oh, I got to remember to say that during the pie. Was there anything that you missed that you wish you could have said? I think I'm good. I just appreciate the opportunity for sure. Of yeah, course, man. Of here, course, Drew. thank you very much. Awesome, awesome. All right, everybody. As as you know, you can find out find all the all Indiana podcasts on allindianapodcastnetwork.com. Um, also, wishtv wishtv.com. Guys, big things happening here. At Wish TV, and we, I'm so excited that you're listening and being a part of it. I'm your host, Joe Malillo, and I'll see you next time. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career? Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you. Where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Recorded in Indianapolis, Indiana, from Wish TV. I'm Joe Malillo for the In Small Biz podcast on the All Indiana Podcast Network. Learn more and support small businesses in your community at wishtv.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook. See y'all later. Discover and support small business in Indiana. Learn more at wishtv.com. And when you follow
0: Wish TV on Facebook, plus be sure to check out more podcasts on the All Indiana Podcast
1: Network now at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.